Hello, everyone. Welcome to Freedom Talks. Uh, this is Brady back with you today, and today we have Molly Ripberg back with us. Um, today, we're going to explore a topic um, called post-intensive care syndrome, um, otherwise known as PICS, and we'll be referring to PICS um, going forward. Um, so, Molly, um, we kind of want to dive into the question today of what is PICS and what does that entail, um, but from what I've read up on it, um, that's probably a much bigger question and not exactly so simple to answer. Um, so can you kind of give us a starting point on what we're looking at with PICS? So PICS, which again is post-intensive care syndrome, is a group of health problems which can include physical impairments, mental health issues, and cognitive problems following a critical illness or hospital stay. Um, so about a million patients are admitted into intensive care units each year. This year, obviously, the numbers are going to be even higher. Um, and one third of them typically need a machine or a ventilator to help them breathe. Um, these sorts of patients um, tend to develop more health problems um, related both to their illness and their injury um, once they have recovered. So PICS is um, kind of a group of um, a bunch of different problems that have been put together um, into kind of a syndrome um, that can affect anybody, young or old, after a, a hospitalization or um, after being critically ill. Yeah, so I think a few important points to note about the explanation you just gave, right, is that um, PICS is a syndrome, so it's not like it's a diagnosis. So, you you know, a doctor is not necessarily going to tell you you have PICS, correct? Like, they're not going to go straight ahead and tell you that. No. So, uh, luckily, most doctors are starting to, to look for these groupings of problems together and are diagnosing picks more frequently now. Um, but it's not necessarily that you're going to leave the hospital with a PICS diagnosis and know that you need treatment or therapy. Um, a lot of times it's um, kind of watching and looking at the patient after they've been discharged and seeing that they're not hitting um, typical milestones as far as regaining um, strength or independence like they were prior to their injury or their hospitalization. So I just want to give you just a couple of um, like of the list of things that are commonly seen that are associated with PICS. Um, so the first one is difficulty performing regular daily activities. So that's like brushing your teeth, getting up to be able to use the restroom, uh, making yourself something to eat, um, driving, any sort of thing that you were able to do previously. Also long-term muscle weakness. So this could be seen in as difficulty walking, climbing stairs, getting out of a chair. Um, people tend to be easily tired. So you used to be able to go and um, walk around you know, a mile outside and now you get to the end of your driveway and you can barely catch your breath. 
um, there tends to be quite a bit of depression and anxiety. People have quite a bit of difficulty sleeping. There's been a lot of studies that have shown memory problems or forgetfulness and then attention or cognitive deficits so that you just can't remember what you were doing or you can't follow um, a list of rules sequentially. So, you know, the, so you mentioned the physical part of it and um, I think that's, you know, you can easily see where physical and occupational therapy comes in to treat that. Um, but you did mention like there's a big mental and cognitive side of this syndrome and therefore, um, you know, what are physical therapy places that are attempting to put together programs like this? Uh, what are they doing that's kind of going to help that cognitive and mental aspect um, of treating this? So, um this is kind of a multidisciplinary um, syndrome. You really need to be working with um, a large group of people. So um, within PICS, I would say you would need a physical and occupational therapist, um, a psychologist or a psychiatrist possibly. Um, sometimes people need speech therapy to help with swallowing or being able to talk again, especially after they've been on a ventilator. Um, so it's, it's a very, it, it isn't necessarily one therapy is going to solve all your problems. Um, but especially with the physical and the occupational therapy. So obviously physical therapy can help with like the gross motor. So the standing, the sitting, the endurance, the strength. But the cool thing is, is that occupational therapy um, can also dive into some of the cognitive um, thinking uh, patterns and helping people um, kind of remember what order you do something in or um, how to do it. And so working together with a group of therapies um, is kind of the best approach to treating PICS. You know, what do you need to know if you think you might have this from your provider? So, you know, the biggest thing is, like you touched on, is that um, you need to, to have that conversation with your primary care physician. Um, most of the time, you know, once you've been discharged from the hospital, they pretty much send you back to your primary care physician. Um, but really being able to um, Speak frankly with your doctor about, you know, if you're having difficulties breathing or your shortness of breath, um, strength issues, um, difficulty, you know, with visual sp spatial processing or mental processing, you feel like you're kind of foggy or, or slow and it wasn't how you felt pre-injury, um, that the best place to start is back with your primary care physician. And then they can usually um, point you in the right direction. Um, the PICS is becoming more well-known. Um, so I think more and more physicians will be aware of it and on the lookout for it, especially if you've been hospitalized. Okay. So let's, let's now, I guess, tackle this in pieces. So, just because you are a physical therapist, I mean, what, um, what, a, what are, what, what are some of the tools you're using in the clinic to, um, treat, uh, this, this syndrome and 
kind of how are you approaching someone who comes in um, that you're pretty sure that this is the plan you're going to set forth because they have picks? Um, what does treatment look like? Once your doctor has, you've talked with your primary care physician about probably what's been going on. If you've been having weakness or balance or your family members have noticed that you just aren't functioning at the level that you were prior to your hospitalization um, or your injury, um, your physician would probably refer you over to physical therapy or occupational therapy for muscle weakness, imbalance, or, you know, fall risk, um, or, or um, like spatial uh, deficits. And so what we would do as at therapy first is take a really good history um, of why you were hospitalized, how long you were hospitalized, were you ventilated? Um, did you end up with delirium or acute respiratory distress syndrome, sepsis? Those will all increase your chances of PICS. It gives us a really, uh, a much better idea of what you may have endured. Were you on bed rest for a long period of time? Um, so a really detailed history to begin with is really helpful in setting you on the right path and knowing where you've been so we can get you back to where you belong. Um, with Once we've taken that history, um, there's a couple of different tools that we use um, within the clinic to kind of um, just get your baselines, kind of figure out where you're at right now. Um, so we will do um, like spirometry, which is a measure of like your lung capacity. And like, it, it, it tells us kind of how well your lungs are functioning. It has a lot to do with endurance. Um, we also have um, like dynamometry, which is a, a testing of your strength. Um, so it, it helps us know um, is one side weaker than the other um, or where your deficits are. We'll check your, um, your balance. Um, just to see kind of, are you at falls risk? Do we need to modify um, different, you know, regular activities of daily living within the home to make it safer for you? Um, and so we, we kind of get all those baseline measurements um, taken right away so that we know kind of where you're at. And then we can start working on the deficits to get you stronger, balanced better, and hopefully, you know, functioning at a level you were prior to your injury. Physical therapy is going to take care of that, that aspect of things. Um, where might occupational therapy come in compared to where a physical therapist might leave off? So the occupational therapist would be able to help you with your daily activities, your daily functioning. Um, a lot of people that are weak or have low endurance um, during this time um, would maybe need help with just their everyday activities. So getting your shirt buttoned or um, being able to have enough endurance to be able to stand and make yourself some toast. Um, and so occupational therapy can work with them on the, the strength component and the endurance component for their regular daily activities. They can also help um, with that, that attention, problem solving, organizing, um, going from simple tasks to complex tasks. Um, about 30 to 80% of patients have some sort of cognitive attention, problem solving issues after they've been discharged from the hospital. Um, so it's important that the occupational therapist would work with them 
um, to get their brain kind of back on track. Yeah, that makes really sense. Makes a lot of sense, and I I don't think enough people know that that's something that occupational therapists specialize in in terms of um, just those daily living tasks. That it takes more mental uh, strength and cognition than I think people realize, uh, mm-hmm. especially after you know such a traumatic experience. Um, yeah. And I guess speaking of trauma, you know, yeah. we you talked about the the mental side of things. Um, so I guess, is that, is that where psychiatrists and psychologists, uh, may come into play? Cause, um, based on just what I'm reading, there, there's almost like PTSD type symptoms associated with this as well. Yep. So a lot of like the critically ill patients tend to develop sleeping issues or falling asleep issues similar to, um, like a post-traumatic stress disorder, just because they've endured so much, depending on um, you know how they were injured or what type of illness they had, where they were hooked up to ventilators or machines, um, if they almost died. I mean, all of those things kind of play into it. Um, and having someone that has a really strong um, mental health background, like a psychologist or psychiatrist, can help them work through some of those feelings. Um, and help them um, get onto the other side of it so that they can then progress both physically and emotionally too. Okay. And then I guess, you know, the the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, there's a reason why, you know, we're talking about this. We have a program at at Freedom um, to deal with PICS. Um, but I guess the reason we wanted to talk about it as well is that, you know, given current circumstances, this may be something that we see a larger percent of the population experience just due to um, the issues that we're facing now. I guess, you know, is there anything that you have to say on you know, kind of what's going on and what to look out for? Yeah. So, um, you know, with the huge hospitalizations that are happening right now, um, you know, we're going to see just that many more people um, coming out of hospitalization um, and pretty much being either hooked up to a ventilator or in the hospital for weeks to months. Um, So one of the things I I wanted to touch upon quickly was um, something called ICU-acquired weakness. And this is typically seen a lot with the PICS patients. um, And it develops during an ICU stay. Um, Typically, 33% of all patients on ventilators end up with this acquired weakness. Um, 50% of all patients admitted with severe infection or sepsis end up with ICU acquired weakness. And up to 50% of patients who stay in the ICU for at least one week will end up leaving the ICU with ICU acquired weakness. And why this is important is because it affects their ability to perform functions of daily life, including dressing, bathing, walking. And so it's super important right now that people are aware of of PICS and of the ICU acquired weakness because if you come out that week from the hospital, you're going to need some therapy to get yourself back on track. I mean, there are statistics out there that 40 to 70% of people don't return to work within one year. 
after being hospitalized because of these of these problems. Um, 50% do not return to driving within one year because they, again, have weakness. They have memory and cognition issues. Um, they're anxious or depressed. So um, making getting the word out about what this is and that it's something that can be treated, that they don't have to live with this for the rest of their lives um, is super, super important. And it's also, it's not just for the patient, it's also for family members or caregivers for these patients. Um, you know, if you think about you're coming home from being hospitalized for a week or three weeks or three months, um, you're going to need care and your family um, or caregivers are going to have to take care of you. And so um, the more that you can start to help yourself, that you can start to, to gain strength or um, balance so that you can start doing these um activities on your own, the easier it's going to be, not only on you, but on your family or your caregivers. Yeah, I think that's a great point in terms of like, you're, if, if you end up dealing with some of these symptoms, like you're not, it's not just you that would, would be affected. It might be your family or maybe you're being affected because you have a family member uh, with PICS type symptoms. And, um, I guess the takeaway is like, don't just settle for, um, it just being something that you're trying to live with because it, it can be treated. And so that you don't have to live with this for an extended period of time. And it's something, um, that you can work toward to get better. Um, so yeah, we would just ask that, you know, if, if you're hearing this, please uh, take it to heart. And if you know of anybody experiencing um, something like this or they're currently experiencing a, a longer hospital stay, that um, maybe they understand that they have resources once they leave um, if they end up experiencing any of these symptoms. Um, so, yeah. Molly, do you have, I guess, any other large takeaways uh, today? Well, I think, you know, just one more, you know, kind of big point is that by getting treatment for PICS, um, you are going to decrease your risk of rehospitalization because you're not going to, um, you're going to be stronger. You're going to have better balance. Um, you're going to have better lung function. Your, your risk of re-injury or injuring yourself differently um, is going to go down. And physical occupational therapists um, can teach you compensatory strategies, ways to do things that maybe that's not how you did them before, but that's how you have to do them now until you get stronger. So, um, you know, taking the time to come in, um, you know, get checked out and, and learn ways that you can either help your family member or help yourself um, become, you know, back to, to function um, is just a super important thing that um, I think sometimes gets kind of forgotten um, after you may have, you know, just gotten out of the hospital and maybe cheated death and um, you're happy to be alive, but you're not, you're not working at the level you were prior to. Yeah. It's, it's understandable that maybe someone would be hard pressed to maybe financially or just purely want to go back through a rehab process. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that 
you'll probably be better off getting um, treatment than waiting and, like you said, possibly re-injuring or making things worse or being re-hospitalized, um, which is obviously the, the worst case scenario. Um, yeah. So I guess for more information uh, about PICS, uh, feel free to visit freedompt.com um, or give us a call at any of our locations. And, you know, whether or not you're near us, um, we can always put you in touch with uh, providers that will uh, be able to help you out. Um, so I hope everybody is continuing to stay safe and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Molly. This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, an independent provider of comprehensive physical and occupational services. No matter how challenging your issues, if other treatments have failed, we are determined to help you heal starting with the very first visit. Four convenient locations in the Milwaukee area. More information at freedompt.com.